I think people, I know people that I was talking to, and in general, we all want life to be more peaceful, more harmonious, more productive, more enjoyable. And that comes by cooperating. And people want to see that. Welcome to the ballot box. Brett Rogers. Welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, your host, and we are back in the ballot box on this 29th day of the 44th general election. And we are sitting down today with uh, a candidate from here in Alberta for the riding of Foothills Green Party independent candidate, Brett Rogers. We're going to be talking to him in a few seconds. So before I do that, I just want to make sure that, you know, for those who are listening and watching, Get out and vote. I'm going to keep on saying this until the until election day, but get out and vote, vote, vote. If you do not vote, I do not want to see you complaining on Twitter or Facebook or any social media platforms that you're the government that was elected isn't the government you wanted. If you don't vote, you don't have a say. So without that, without further ado, I want to introduce, like I said, the Green Party independent candidate for Foothills, Mr. Brett Rogers. Brett, thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. So, Brett, uh, you've li- you've probably listened to a few interviews that I've done. My first question is always the first question to any candidate who comes on the show. Where's your sense of duty to serve come from? My sense of duty comes from my belief that the meaning of life is to contribute to the evolution of the whole. What do you mean by that? If our purpose is to contribute to the evolution of the whole, then starting with ourselves, we need to advance our mind, body, spirit, health, and performance because that is our evolution. And as a part of the federal government, I would work to structure Canada to nurture that development in every individual. I'm assuming by what you just said there, you don't believe that it has been doing that right now? Well, it's doing that, but it can do a lot better. I actually believe these subjects are grossly underrepresented in the House of Commons. How so? As well as science-based thinking in general. It seems that people are more focused, or people in Parliament are more focused on the bottom line and the economy and international relationships, and those are all very important things. But the most fundamental topics concerning our evolution need to be a very high priority. So how do we make it a high priority? And I wasn't planning on doing this, but this is the great thing about these interviews. I I follow my instructions from you. How do we get that? How do we get more priority onto these issues? Well, I'm sure a lot of your viewers probably agree that our education system needs an overhaul. We're teaching a lot of subjects that aren't really applicable to the student's future. And even the subjects that we are teaching, we can incorporate vital life skills into the curriculum and still teach those subjects and then just remove all those other ones or make them electives. And as an author, I've got six books in a textbook. I've actually got more books than that, but I didn't publish them all. haven't finished them all. You know, you got to go with your inspirations and sometimes they lead you down paths that um, are better than expected. Now, uh, how does an author decide to throw his hat into the ring for the uh, 
member of parliament for the riding of foothills. What was the decision based on uh, running in 2021? Ultimately, I've always wanted to end up in the federal government. But my goal was to make my business self-sustaining first. And I was starting to get involved with the Green Party because they had climate change at their number one priority. And they allowed their candidates to have some independence from the platform. They actually have a form you need to sign. I think it's the candidate pledge form that says that you will represent your own opinions before that of the platform. And of course, you got to align with the platform to a certain degree. But in details, and we need those details because we need to open up communication and have different perspectives to find the best decisions. So I applaud the Green Party for that. And that's now, why I chose to get involved. Now, I, I've got to ask the question because I know it's on your website, but I want the words from your mouth. And that way, uh, people who are listening could go into your website and check it out. But you are running as a Green Party independent. What does that mean? And how does that differ from a Green Party candidate? I'm just emphasizing, like it's a Green Party brackets independent. So I'm emphasizing that candidate pledge form, that freedom that I have to represent my own opinions. And Alberto probably wants to know about two primary differences that I have from the Green Party's official platform. And that's, I have no intentions of shutting down oil and gas with extreme motivation. It needs to be here for a lot of reasons. Coal even has a place. We can't get rid of coal too fast because it is a vital, coal ash is a vital reinforcement agent, has special properties. And presently, it doesn't appear that anything is really capable of replacing it. And Canada has these products and it makes a lot more sense for us to use them than ship them elsewhere. And there are, there are other reasons as well. Um, there, there's quite a few, actually. I wrote an article called Winning Over Climate Change on my website. I'm actually going to revise it a bit because I didn't get all the facts in there that I wanted to get in, such as about coal and um, hydrogen as a fuel source. So, But another thing that I differ with with the Green Party is the electric grid to power electric vehicles. As a stock investor, it, it is very clear that we do not have enough resources on this planet for everyone to go into a clean economy. And we've already invested in a fossil fuel industry and we need to lean into that to, to become very efficient with these resources to support green energy production. Instead of using batteries and storing the energy, we just use fossil fuel power systems to give us energy when the green energy isn't available, such as there's not enough sunlight, there's not enough wind. And the Green Party wants to get all fossil fuel vehicles off the road by 2030. I don't think that's possible. I don't think that's the best approach because climate change is a global crisis and we need to address it globally. And I believe that means working with emerging markets to become prototypes for the clean economy as here in Canada, we still make an effort, like we will address vehicles that are most polluting of carbon emissions, like taxis and delivery vehicles and city buses, but definitely not residential everyday vehicles because they get used for less than an hour a day a lot of the time while city buses are running like for eight hours a day. 
So I got to ask the question then, because it sounds like you would want to reshape how a carbon price would work. Is that what I'm understanding? Or am I out to left field on this one? Because it seems like you're more looking at who's the biggest consumers compared to the residential. Um, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. You asked about yeah. carbon tax? No, no carbon pricing, because you, you said you'd have to look at the clean uh, future and you have to look at uh, the, oh, yeah, the taxis, the Ubers, the uh, buses and all that. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm following along with your understanding of what you yeah, mean by a clean economy when it comes to taxis and all that. It's about prioritizing. I think we need to address what will give us the greatest impact in lowering carbon emissions at home, but globally is the big thing uh, okay because this is a global issue and you, you triggered an idea and we not an idea but a memory there for me it's gone <laughs> i'm working too hard it's hard to hold it all together but it'll be in the article i'm sure i'm trying no. to get everything in there and when that article comes out we'll make sure that we tag you in it when we share it on our social media pages but Let's talk about the, the election. We are 29 days into this 44th general election. You are probably talking to your neighbors. You're probably out knocking on doors or virtually knocking on doors during a pandemic. What are you hearing from the people of Foothills, the riding that you are wanting to represent? They're concerned about um, the oil and gas industry. And rightfully so. I think all of Canada needs to make more of an effort to develop internet businesses. That is the future. And all of us need to realize that we have a lot of creativity and intelligence. And we might actually have a patentable idea or something like that, that can give us a lot of economic opportunity, not only here in Canada, but internationally. I really wanna stress the international market because when it comes to quality of life, it's really relative to what the global economy is doing. You know, because it's all about what we buy and what we sell. And then the more money that we have here in Canada circulating, the better. So if we can get it from China or the United States or Europe, it's a, it's a winning situation for us. You seem to be focusing a lot on the international market. Some people might say, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, we got to worry about the markets here in Canada. Canada, we should be able to produce the uh, uh, resources, but also we should be able to produce our goods and services here in Canada. Uh, globally is great, but how do we work in a global market when we have a country like China sort of strong arming everyone into doing it their way. Well, part of the reason why I talk about the international market because I'm a stock investor and companies that really thrive can address the global market. And that's usually because they have patents. Now that's a very good question you have there, Chris, about China, because China has a lot of pricing advantage. And one of the things that I think Canada needs to focus on is additive manufacturing and 3D printing, as well as automation because these things can give us these things can give us some um, advantages when it comes to pricing and it can it's also ultimately going to lead us into a place where universal basic income becomes more acceptable 
as well. As we move in that direction, we're also going to have to increase our taxes on corporations and the mega rich, not everyday people, but the mega rich and these corporations. That's really hard to do, but it's going to, it's, it has to happen. It'd be nice if it was happening right now, but when you start taking away jobs because we're using um, our technology to do so much of it, then the money's got to come from somewhere. So I, I, just to ask the question, the follow-up question, what is mega rich and corporations do? What is that the mom and pa shop? Is that someone making over a million dollars a year? What is the mega rich and corporations in your mind? Because everyone has their own assumptions, right? Because if someone says mega rich, right. someone who's making 250,000. Good, Good to be clear, Chris. Thank you. Yes. I would like to implement a, an equation for taxes, an exponential equation. So once you make more than $10 million a year, or we can include net wealth as well to make it harder for people to go through loopholes. But once you start reaching like 500 million, and there's a lot of people that have more than $500 million, that that's the wealth cap. And when the economy was first made, they had a wealth cap. And then for some reason it disappeared. I don't know what happened. Maybe they thought it was a good idea. Now it's just another example of how we really need to pay attention because corruption is happening now. It's happened in the past and there's lots of good people who are trying to do things and we need to get behind them and do our best to, to change this. I have a solution that is golden. Did you see the golden, the golden, <laughs> the global debate website information on my, on my website? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's world changing technology there. And it's not that complicated security ways it is, and it will need really good cybersecurity because people are going to want to hack it to manipulate the information. But in general, I don't want to go too into the detail with that. So please go to my website, superhumanstrategies.com and check that out because it really is a game changer. It will allow us to upload information, comment it and vote upon it each sentence in a very efficient format using artificial intelligence and user feedback to keep down the, the useless information. You know, nobody says hi, nobody says this is dumb or this is awesome. It's just like facts, mostly voting, but facts. And then our leaders can go to it and learn five years of input from the public in, in most cases, just a few hours depending on how big the document is that they're considering. For those who are interested in finding a little bit more about that, the link to uh, Brett's website is in the show notes. So if you want, click on that and then scroll down and you'll be able to find that global debate that he is, we're talking about right now. I, I, I highly recommend that you do re, uh, go to it because knowledge is power and you need to ensure that you always have the right Absolutely. facts. So go out and check it out. I, I highly recommend it. I, I want to jump back to uh, the election. Now uh, you talked about oil and gas industry. People in foothills are talking, talking to you about the oil and gas industry. What other issues are coming up at the doorstep? What other issues are you hearing in the, uh, the riding? Is it just oil and gas or is there other issues? More harmonious, more productive more um, enjoyable the government that comes by politics, cooperating Canadians. and people want to see that and i think our culture has fallen into this uh, destructive pattern of where they expect politicians to go to each other's throats it's like 
It's like people like fights in hockey. They like to see aggressive communication. And we all need to make a stance against that. We all need to, to look at ourselves and try to become more aligned with the virtues of consciousness as it's described in positive psychology and many spiritual teachings on our planet. Like when you go into a Christian church, they're probably going to be talking about the virtues of consciousness, not directly those words, but they'll talk about being humble, being kind, being compassionate, um, serving others. And serving others is actually very rewarding. You know, if you can remove the stress of trying to survive and then you help people, altruism, and studies show this. I've written about it in my book, so I've gone into depth with it. Altruism is one of the most lasting rewards that you can get. I think that's why some people like parents. <laughs> I, I got to ask the question to follow up on that then. How would you differ in your approach to elected politics once elected compared to the current MP, current slate of candidates who are running? How do you get that unified approach? Because no matter what, we are living in a divisive world today. We are living in a more divided country. We are living in a world where social media is the new norm and we can yell at someone halfway across the country at 280 characters a tweet. How do you unify people in a divided country like it is right now? Okay, that's a good question. And it comes down to the public school curriculum. I have four primary projects on my website. If we innovate the public school curriculum to teach the virtues of consciousness, and this isn't a spiritual thing, okay? The virtues of consciousness are in general, because there's quite a few of them. There's seven primary subjects or primary traits. And then within those traits, there's several things. It's like um, knowledge, wisdom. I'd have to look at it. I want to draw it up right now. My, my memory is not working so well after all. It's been a marathon, <laughs> this campaign. <laughs> I can imagine, but no, thank you yeah. for that. It, it is on your website. Go, go ahead. Yeah, let me finish this. Because the virtues of consciousness are proven in studies to be the most effective skills for communication, for self-care, for learning, for success in general in life. So we can teach that to our kids. And when you start becoming, when you start to understand, when you develop the skills, because most of us want to be kind. We want to be liked. We want to be loved and we want to love others. We want these things, but it's challenging. You know, we get stressed out. We see other people doing it and then we just start venting and that's completely natural. And really what you have to do is, um, is exercise it like a muscle. And as you become stronger with it, you become a champion for that. And basically what I hope to do if I be get to parliament. And I think that'd be a really good choice for Canada for multiple reasons that I discuss on my website is to take those hits and maintain a virtuous stance and lead by example in that respect. The, th that sounds great. The issue is on a riding as large as foothills and a riding with so many voices, so many opinions, everyone has their own unique opinion on a certain issue you are the elected official to be in Ottawa to vote on issues that are put forward by the government of the day. 
how do you balance the needs of the many against the needs of the few or the needs of the few against the needs of the many? Because you will have to vote on things that your conscience tells you is right, but your constituents tells you that it might not be for them. So how do you balance that out? I was planning to make weekly or monthly video posts updating people on what's going on and educating them on the topics that are happening. And it's great to have an opinion. It's even better to have an educated opinion. In fact, I think it's necessary. And we all need to be humble because it's not easy to take in all the information. And we got to trust our elected officials in that respect. And I would like to see them earn that trust back because a lot of people have lost trust. And the vaccines was one of the topics that people talked about. It's like, do you think there should be a passport? Do you trust the vaccines? Are you vaccinated? And I'm sure you'll ask that question later, so I won't go into too much detail about that now. Well, the perfect segue. Perfect segue if I've ever heard perfect one. Segue. Okay. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about COVID-19. COVID-19 is rearing its ugly head again. We are... I think everyone would agree we are in the fourth wave. We are both here in Alberta and we are seeing numbers rise, surgeries canceled, and people are struggling because they don't know what is coming. Um, If elected on September 20th, you will have to represent people who are concerned about the future and about how COVID-19 is going to affect their livelihoods. What are you hearing from the people of Foothills and how are you addressing it as the Green Party in brackets independent candidate for your riding? I'm trying to share with them the knowledge that I have. Like I've written a textbook that includes most subjects on health and performance enhancement from a physical perspective. It also goes into mental development as well, but not in as much detail. That helps me to understand vaccines. And it helps me to understand the awesome potential R or mRNA vaccines have. These things, the mRNA aspect of the vaccine is safe. You can consider it a supplement if you want, very low dose of a supplement. But our bodies are recycling mRNA that escapes the nucleus of the cell and is injected by germs inside of our body all the time. It's not a problem. What we do need to be concerned about are the the immune stimulants that are used to trigger the antibody response. Those are more aggressive. You can't really get around them. Pfizer appears to have done an extremely good job. It's very well tolerated. Moderna is the other mRNA vaccine, and they're having very good tolerance success as well. Not as good as Pfizer, though. People complain more about discomforts from Moderna. And I think that's because Moderna uses a more aggressive preservative. A lot of of people out there may not understand that preservatives aren't good for you. You know, they preserve food, but they're hard to break down. They go in your body, they get stuck places, and it causes harm. Some of them are really bad. Some of them aren't even legal. Like you have to go through an approval process. And we still have to approve something. So lots of times, including agricultural chemicals, you end up getting some that have to be approved. There's no other option and they're aggressive. Yeah, so when I explain that about the mRNA vaccines, people like that. And I usually lead into, and we'll lead into something else here, the awesome potential Canada has to play a significant role in the genetic therapy market. 
we're coming out now, we were comfortable enough to start using genetic techniques to solve genetic diseases. And the United States is roaring in that direction. And they're going to have some very big companies come out of it because they're patenting the processes and they're leading the way. What they're not doing, and this is big, is they're not using it for performance enhancement, preventative medicine, and anti-aging. Okay, performance enhancement, I'm not talking about athletes, I'm not talking about transhumanism, I'm talking about losing weight, I'm talking about lowering inflammation, I'm talking about increasing blood flow where blood flow doesn't flow so good, <laughs> sorry for the confusing words there, but preventative medicine in essence is lowering inflammation. We have a non-communicable disease pandemic rising up in the developed nations. And what that is, is when inflammation gets high, usually because of toxicity, like there's a lot of different pollutants out there that we need to address. Chapter 16 of my textbook goes into great detail. I'm very proud of that chapter. It's comprehensive. And a lack of healthy lifestyle practices. People are not being educated on how to maintain their health, how to keep their inflammation low. And that needs to be in the public school curriculum as like a, a fundamental priority. So we can use genetic therapies to help our body keep inflammation low by increasing anti-inflammatories, as well as increasing youth molecules. As we age, certain molecules decrease. And there are fundamental players in that, like Colotho and others that we don't fully understand, but we can identify what's called an extracellular vesicle, which is just like a sphere that come from probably stem cells or stem cell compartments. And they contain molecules that tell the cells to act a certain age. That's kind of, uh, sounds kind of crazy, but that's what it looks like right now. (laughs) And we can use genetic therapies to increase youthful molecules. And that's winning. So that's kind of like in the same lines of preventative medicine and performance enhancement. Very excited about that. If Canada starts doing that now, we could have a couple really big international companies. And that's, that could be a game changer for Canada's future. Not to mention the benefits. We are literally, as we, we were talking this morning, we had people in front of hospitals protesting the vaccine. Uh, yeah. We can talk about how great they are. We can talk about what they can be used for, about gene uh, genetic uh, marketing. But at the end of the day, people believe what they want to believe. I think you and I can both agree with that because we We see today. For me? We need to teach humility in the public school curriculum. I agree. Metacognition. I agree wholeheartedly. It's completely natural to think that you know what's going on when, in fact, you don't. And until you become educated enough to develop those brain circuits of metacognition, which happens at university um, when you're writing, because you have an opinion and you start writing, it's like, wait a second, I wasn't right about that. That's happened to me lots. And so... Yeah, I think we need to do that. And I think we just need to encourage people. It's like, explain it to me. You know, if you can't explain it, then maybe you're not entitled to an opinion. 
You know, if you've never been to France, you're probably not entitled to talk about France. You know, that's, these are famous sayings. And I think we just need to remind people of this simple common sense. And like I said, it's innocent. We just need to help each other in a, in a non-aggressive way, say, help each other understand, like, do you really understand? Do I really understand? Let's, let's debate this. Let's keep the communication lines open and be humble. And I appreciate you saying that humble is the key word in that statement, because I think there's a lot of people who have an opinion and they believe that it's right and they will die on the hill that they are stand on to, to win that battle. So be humble. Sometimes you were wrong. Sometimes you were right. Let's be humble. Thank you for that, Brett. Uh, still on the issue of COVID-19. Uh, I, I got to ask the question because you brought it up and I wasn't going to, but you brought it up. Vaccine passports. I know uh, Annemi Paul, the leader of the Green Party of Canada, has uh, come out, if I'm not mistaken, in favor, but not in favor of them, not mandatory vaccinations. Where do you stand on vaccine passports? Because that seems to be the topic of discussion here in Alberta right now. Yeah. Everybody has a right to feel safe. If going out in the public creates risks of you being infected with COVID-19, vaccinated or not, and you're not in the best state of health to deal with that, then you would always be scared going out in the public. As well as life in general, like a lot of us are trying to achieve great things with our lives and we're very busy. And if we get sick for a couple of days, that's a big deal, let alone a couple of weeks. And I think people have the right to choose if they get vaccinated or not, but I think the passports are respect, an act of respect for everybody else out there so that we can feel safe and not have to be stressed all the time. It's like, is this person who is coming into my personal space going to make me sick? Like COVID-19 is a phenomenal virus. The Delta variant is even more phenomenal than the original. And there are going to be more variants. And there are very high probabilities that these up and coming variants are going to be even more powerful than the Delta variant. It's just the nature of G, uh, virus mutations. The most effective mutation wins. So eventually we're going to have it. Like lots of countries aren't getting vaccinated. We're very interconnected globally. And these vaccine passports may actually play the difference in keeping our economy afloat. And that's a big deal. Follow up on that. Are you vaccinated? Have you gotten both shots? I've been infected twice and I know what supplements to take and all that. So I, I whooped its ass. But the second time, the second time aged me. Like it only lasted, I think, about 10 hours, but I had full body aches. I was hot and cold. Like that's that's hard on the body. And then the vax, the Pfizer vaccine felt good. You know, like I was really I wasn't really concerned but I was hearing a lot of concern out there. So naturally I was sort of like, well, well, maybe it's not good. You know, maybe, maybe this isn't going to be good. Maybe I'm going to have a really aggressive antibody response, which I think is what happened the second time I was infected. My body had the antibodies and then it noticed, I think I got a larger viral load the second time. And then my body noticed and it was just like, bang, it was like, we got to deal with this now. And I was concerned that the vaccine would have a similar response. Like the body would recognize um, the, what do you call it? The 
the protein that grabs onto the cells or whatever it's called. Okay. Yeah. I can't think of the word right now. My mind's mind's flipped right now. Some sort of protein. I want to call it, it starts with an S, I think. But either way, it's what the vaccine targets and would trigger an antibody response. And it didn't. It really felt good. I think it was because like it was more like psychological or spiritual, like some sort of presence of this new technology, because it is a phenomenal step forward in our capabilities. So well, I'm just I'm just cautious of time here. I'm just looking at how long we've been here. And for those who have tuned in, uh, we are sitting down with Foothills candidate for the Green Party of Canada slash uh, Green Party in brackets independent Brett Rogers. Uh, Brett, I, I gotta fall. I gotta let's talk about life as a uh, as an MP. We talked about it briefly already, but this is the last segment of the show before we do the ramp up on September 21st. What is priority number one for you? if elected on September 20th? Climate change. We How? have to, we are making progress, but we need to make more progress. And I think it doesn't sound like, until you're in parliament, you don't have access to all the information as easily. I'm sure I could dig it up, but I'm not aware of our efforts to increase the reception of immigrants. And as the world changes, especially in the tropics of our planet, it's going to become drier and more aggressive. And a lot of places can become inhabitable. And that means people are going to need to come to Canada and probably Russia, because that's where there's a lot of space. And I think the general conclusion that those are going to be the most tame areas when it comes to weather. But other places, everything's going to increase in power. So we need to prepare to take on immigrants and we want the best of the best, right? We're only gonna be able to take on so many, so let's get the best of the best. And to do that, it takes time. So we need to be doing that now. Um, I would say at full force and getting more people here in Canada is good for our economy and developing the Northwest Territory or the Northern Territories with our greenhouse technologies and geothermal access and other benefits of those areas. I'm not sure about the geothermal access. Sorry, I misspoke a little bit there. Um, geothermal is something that abandoned oil wells are good to consider because drilling's a big process. And if all we need to do is, is use an abandoned oil well to get that geothermal energy, we can start building greenhouses and create more local food production, which is a very high priority because climate change will threaten our food supply. And creating food locally will keep Canadian dollars in Canada and create jobs. And to keep the prices down, there are robots now that can harvest berries and other fruits and vegetables. And that will also build our automated automation and robotic um, markets here in Canada. And that can result in extra patents. And it's just like a win, 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 win situation. Local food production is needed to have been done a long time ago. As an author, as an author, you know that uh, you put metrics into place to ensure the success of your book. You say, I'm going to have chapter one through 12 done by X date. 
chapter X, uh, Y through Z done by this date. And you have metrics in place to make sure you are successful, but also you are delivering on your promises of writing a book. I want to know from you, what metrics are you going to put in place if you are elected on September 20th to ensure you have a successful first 100 days in office? What metrics are you putting in place to ensure that A, X is done, B is, uh, Y is done, and Z is done? Well, um, I just to be corrective, I don't write my books with deadlines. I just get as much done as I can as fast as I can. Oh, okay, that's, but that's okay, I apologize so for that. But are, that's what I'll work on as as a life. Like, um, I have a very strong worth that work ethic. Basically, I, I work and I do health preservation. Entertainment's not really a part of my life. It's basically work and health preservation. And a lot of those things include entertainment. It's like, it's entertaining to interact with you right now, Chris. And it's entertaining to interact with lots of people. It's entertaining to, to jog with somebody. And that is an efficient way of using my time. And like I said, I believe the meaning of life is contributing to the evolution of a whole. There is a tremendous amount that I have, that I want to offer. And I realize that the federal government can be very slow. So, it's really going to be about dancing the dance. It's about hurry and wait, hurry and wait, multitasking, keeping the projects on go. And, um, well, no, that's, I appreciate it. Unless there's something else you want to follow up there, because I have one last question before we wrap up this. Is sure. that, are you good? Okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I think so. Talk to the people of Foothills. Talk to the people who of the riding of Foothills who are listening to this right now, because we do have a lot of people in uh, Crow's Nest past who do subscribe to the show. So I have friends down there who do listen. So they are looking for a potential person to vote for. I know that they are still undecided. So talk to the undecided voter right now. Why should you be the next MP for the great riding of Foothills? Oh, yeah, everyone. The most important thing that I have to offer is my unique skill set, my credentials as a science-based author of six books and a textbook on mind, body, spirit, health, and performance enhancement strategies, which are fundamental to our quality of life. I believe these skills are underrepresented in parliament and we need to increase their representation so that we can innovate our school curriculum, innovate Health Canada, innovate Research Canada, as well as regulate the economy to be more nurturing of our evolution and less suppressive of it. Because unfortunately, there are companies out there that are manipulating us with their marketing, they're using cheap ingredients, and they're putting toxins in their products as preservatives and fragrances when it comes to personal body, uh, personal care products. And I believe that we need to use a triple bottom line to assess how we're doing everything. And that's happening to a degree, but we need to have more science-based thinking in parliament because if everyone's a lawyer or economist or a politician, or maybe they don't have any really relevant credentials, they're just wanting to get elected and nobody did enough research to realize that this person's background isn't really suitable in decision-making for the topics that the federal government considers. So if I get the chance to be in Parliament, you'll have somebody there who understands a lot of science that is crucial 
to our quality of life. And then when lobbyists or misconceptions arise, you have somebody right there to say, no, 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 that's not right. I can point to like 10 or 50 scientific articles that say, this is what's happening and creating arguments that way. I mean, academia is not the mornings or the apex of our knowledge of a, as a society. And I believe that we need to be led by experts and not by people with opinions and good abilities. And you got to educate yourself. And if you're watching this video, you're making an effort. So I applaud you for that. And there's only so much time and energy we all have, but you really need to vote intelligently and like spread that information because I don't think the majority of Canada votes intelligently. I think they watch the news and the federal leaders and they go, oh, that person's charming. I would like to be friends with that person. They're, they're appealing to me. So I give them my vote because I wanna be nice to them. Canada is a, needs to be considered like a company. If the banks were to let us elect their leaders, where would the banks be? What about Cameco or Potash Corp or Shopify? Would they be strong, as strong as they are right now if we just let elected our friends to run these companies? Or would they be in massive debt and breaking apart like our government is and other democracies around the world? Democracies only work as good as the voters in general. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Democracies need voters to do their research. Like, look at the... Um, Look at the backgrounds of some of these leaders. Justin Trudeau got a degree in literature and education. And then he taught math, humanities, and drama, and French. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But those skills aren't really relevant to being prime minister or leader of a political party. Uh, Singh was a defense lawyer, and that's, that's better. O'Toole was in the Air Force, which, you know, is good structuring. And then he became a business lawyer. Those, those are good. Those are good qualities for being prime minister. And then Annie Paul has been in politics since she's been 12. And she's got a law degree and then a master's in public affairs. And she's got the best credentials out of all four of those leaders. And I don't have those credentials. Probably none of the candidates in the foothills have those credentials. But we do have a background and aside from my background with superhumanstrategies.com and everything associated with that and all my time in university and growing up in an engineering firm that my dad owned and he retired as a multimillionaire because of that company so you know he did a good job and i got a lot of good experience up there i can work with my hands real good it was a great way to grow up but you also have to consider that there are probably very few, if no other candidates in Canada with my skill set. And Parliament needs this skill set to help them make decisions because our health and performance is vital to the evolution of our country. Now, just to reinforce that a little bit, I'll let you think, hold that thought a little bit because I said a lot there. Maybe you want to go back and review it. But I've also been considering societal development in my writings. So all of this knowledge of health and performance enhancement, I'm trying to figure out how to structure society best to do that. And I got four primary projects on my website, Global Doy website, number one, 
innovating the school curriculum number two for-profit nonprofits that's also a very big deal i won't go into that just respect everyone's time but go to my website please and the other one is genetic testing and genetic and epigenetic testing and then uh, free sterilization for people who need it and reproduction reproduction strategies in general because Science is very clear that if we do an exceptional job at before conception, like exercising and really healthy before we conceive, and then optimizing conception, pregnancy, and early childhood, it makes a substantial difference in the potential of that child. So if we want to evolve, that's a high priority. So there's a lot that I have to offer, a lot that I've been developing. I'm not just saying waving flags like, oh, I want to make everything better. And I'm like, I've been doing this since 2004. You know, I'm, I've basically been preparing myself to be in parliament. Is the way I look at it. So check it out, get educated, vote Brett, and let's get this country thriving. I, I want to thank you, Brett, for that. Uh, for those who want to learn more about Brett and get educated and learn a little bit more about the candidates in your writing, the link to Brett's website is in the show notes. Please, 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 please check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of reiterate what Brett just said, because I, I like beating a dead horse because it is an important election that we are facing right now, but short, Chris. I wish I got it shorter there. I will try my best. Get out, get educated, vote. If you do not vote, you do not get the right to complain over the next four years. Vote. It takes an hour out of your day. Go to the polling station after you've educated yourself on all the candidates and vote for the person who best represents your values and your morals. You have the right to change the direction that this country is going in. And in order to do that, you need to vote. Don't just vote because the candidate is the blue candidate or the red candidate or the green candidate or the orange candidate. Vote for the candidate that best represents your values. I can't express that enough, but Brett, I want to thank you so much for doing this. This, I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but at the same time, I've learned more about you and you are authentic and we need more people like you in politics who are authentic and are in it for the right reason. So thank you for putting your name forward. Thank you for saying that. And uh, with that, I want to, th- I want to thank everyone who's tuned in. We had about, uh, I think at the peak, we had about eight viewers tuned in because it is 4:30 and on a Monday. So they're probably just getting home for work, but to my listeners and to my viewers, please, 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 Get out and vote. I know this is Monday and it's the last day of advanced vote, but you can vote until nine o'clock. And then on next Monday, polls open for E-Day. With that, we will be back in the ballot box on Wednesday with another Green Party of Canada candidate for Calgary Rocky Ridge. So please tune into that. Brett, once again, thank you so much for doing that. Please stay on the line because I'm going to ask you a few other follow-up questions, okay? The Ballot Box was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated.